Today's podcast is brought to you by Just City, a nonprofit organization working to make sure Tennessee's criminal justice system is safe, fair, and strong for everyone. They're doing things like working to increase access to diversion programs for at-risk youth and helping people and neighborhoods by increasing access to jobs and housing after incarceration. Learn more about their work at justcity.org. Coming to you from the ugliest building in the Gulch, it's the Nashville Scenecast. I'm your host, Maddie Gerard. And before we start, I have a game for you. What do you think all of these people have in common? I am from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm visiting from South Bend, Indiana. Uh, we're from Clarkston, Michigan. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. Um, I'm from Boston. I'm from Turkey. They're all in Nashville for different reasons. It is my bachelorette party. I'm actually here to visit my sister. Uh, she's swimming in Futures. We came here, me and my friends, um, for a conference that was for medical students. The answer? They were all in line to have their picture taken by a wall in the gulch around lunchtime. These voices were just a few of the 37 people waiting in line for What Lifts You, the White Wings mural created by Kelsey Montague. This was a cross-section of people who had come to the Gulch specifically to see the Wings mural. I wanted to see a lot of the murals. I did a lot of research on them, so I this was one of the ones that I saw and I was really excited to see. And of course, there were people who had also wondered upon it. Either way, it was enticing enough to wait amid the afternoon scattered showers to get a picture. This mural definitely meant something to people. Whether, as one girl said, it was just a cute place to get a picture, or if it was something deeper. A representation of Nashville's culture with its hidden guitars and cowboy boots. So we have Amanda Haggard and Laura Hudson here with us today to talk more about Nashville's murals. Where did this trend start? Why do murals keep popping up? And how do they draw such long lines on a rainy day? And a quick reminder, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher to make sure you don't miss a cast. Also, drop us a rating or leave us a comment and let us know how we're doing. Thanks for listening. Hey, so I am here with Amanda Haggard and Laura Hudson, and we are here to talk about the cover story this week. Um, Would you guys actually talk about what that is and how we sort of formed the idea in the Nashville scene? Uh, Sure. Hi, I'm Laura, uh, Laura Hudson, and... We have edit meetings every week. We had a hole in the coverage where a story fell through at the last minute, and so we kind of scrambled to get uh, a new story idea for the that week's cover, the coming week. Yeah, and so I'm Amanda Haggard. I'm a staff writer for the scene. The day that we had that meeting was the day that the I Believe in Nashville mural um, was vandalized for the second time in 12 South. Um, people in the room seemed to get a little bit animated and uh, yeah. passionate about it. So a lot of times when we see that happening in the room, it tells us that it's a good idea uh, to write a larger story about it. People outside of the room are probably just as interested as we are. Right. So what was the approach that you took to this story? Like, what did you want to cover? Well, so whenever you're writing with somebody else, it is sometimes difficult to figure out how you're going to split things up. So Laura and I just sort of split in half. I took sort of the more reporting logistical practical pieces of the story um and laura knows a lot more about art than i do so she picked up i guess more on the 
the art side right of yeah the story it was nice it was a nice way to I'd never written a story with someone else before um, and this was a good pairing I feel like because the things that we do best are sort of different um, really different and so I could ask Amanda to get a statistics about uh, or a statistic about how often millennials take selfies and then Amanda could ask me to sort of contextualize um, some mural or describe it or, or, or something um, and give more hard opinions about things so it was good it was a I thought it was a it was fun it was a fun thing to do together yeah, that's so fun so what was something interesting that you learned while you were covering this I think, I mean, I, I anticipated that the Angel Wings mural in the Gulch was largely um, visited by tourists and not by locals. Right. I mean, I think that was an assumption I made. I was really surprised when I got down there and I couldn't find anybody in line from Nashville. Like, I thought there would be, like, a couple or, you know, uh, some teenagers or, or at least, like, some semblance of, like, a right. local person. Um, but everybody I talked to was from really far away, like Toronto, Colorado, New York City. Wow. Um, and was so, it mainly, was it girls? Yeah, it was mostly women and families. Um, I didn't see anybody in line that was just like a single dude looking to get this <laughs> picture taken in front of the mural. Right. Um, I think, too, talking to the I Believe in Nashville artist was really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, anticipated he would be a little more defensive than what he was about <laughs> getting vandalized, but he was kind of just like, listen, I'll repaint it. It's not the only piece of art I've done. Um, right. You know, and he was, I think, a little surprised at how iconic it's become. Right. Like, I guess nobody goes into painting something thinking, like, this, this is, is it. Gonna, yeah, this <laughs> is it. This is going to be the thing that people are going to, like, know me. It was funny because I, learning about him a little bit more, he's gotten other murals together aside from the, I believe, a Nashville one. But, um, and most of them, are much more interesting than the I Believe in Nashville mural. Mm -hmm. But the I Believe in Nashville mural is the one that's getting him attention, and he's repeated himself several times. I don't know how many times he's painted I Believe in Nashville on the side of a building somewhere or a wall, but it's more than three or four. But then he has other pieces that are more interesting, but obviously just don't get him the kind of visibility, the kind of commerce um, that I believe in Nashville does on his website you can buy a t-shirt a baseball cap a baby onesie (laughs) that say I believe in Nashville so I mean it's like you can't really fault him for wanting to cash in I guess a little bit on the 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 visibility that he's gotten Mm -hmm. and I think too like um, with a lot of these murals or with at least a couple of them that I know of Um, There's always like a moment where uh, somebody sort of bigger um, gets involved. Like Taylor Swift took a picture in front of the What Lifts You mural in New York. And with his, GQ did a shoot in Nashville where they put an architect in front of it. And then after that, people started taking a picture in front of it. So I think it takes like somebody a little bit bigger sparking some interest and getting online and showing people where it is. And then it's kind of just organic from there (laughs) right I was actually surprised when we were in the meeting to hear the origin of the I believe in Nashville mural because I didn't know could you talk a little bit about that where it started so he he, a lot of people think that um it was in direct relation to the flood um uh, the flood in 2010 happened 
he actually was living out of the city, he said, um, came back to town in 2012. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't in sort of, he said it had more to do with like politics that were happening in 2012. And he felt like something positive would be interesting to put up on a a wall in the city. Um, And said he just came up with this design really quickly. The building, 12 South was totally different in 2012 (laughs) than it is now. Yeah. Um, And so there was was really not a whole lot down there as far as... um, like touristy things or even like restaurant. I mean, there were a couple restaurants like mafiosos might have been down there or something. Right. Um, but he, yeah. So he approached like the building was empty and had a for lease sign, and he just called it and asked if he could paint something. And so he funded it himself, put it up, um, and people just sort of assumed it was um, in response to the flood. But that's not necessarily true right yeah it was just it's a smart way to generate interest in a part of town I feel like that was right on the heels of Imogene and Willie opening up in 12 South which sort of changed the face of that neighborhood Um, but the mural definitely put a visible I I don't know I don't want to say a backdrop but it seems like it's like a backdrop for 12 South Mm -hmm. like it is in the way that people can just come and take their picture in front of it and I don't know, get a little bit of visibility online through social media. Seems like it probably directly affected the pace of the development of the part of town. Sure, mm-hmm. and I think people absolutely know where you are when yeah. you take your picture in front of that. Like, there's says... not a whole lot of explanation. Like, <laughs> it pretty much says, like, I'm in vacation, on vacation in right. Nashville. Right, in Nashville. It's like, greetings right. from Nashville. Right, yeah. So the wing's origin has a little bit of a different story, but it's also really interesting. Could you talk a little bit about that as well? The wing's origin. How Kelsey came here. Uh, oh, yeah. Amanda, do you? Yeah, use... I don't mind. So Kelly Montague started. Kelsey Montague. Kelsey Montague, sorry. Oh. Kelsey Montague um, had a mural in New York City, um, also named hashtag what lifts you. And Taylor Swift took a picture in front of it. I think it was in 2014. And since then, she's been doing them all over the place. Like, Laura and I looked, and she has, like, six in Denver Mm -hmm. and one in Honolulu. And I think there are three in New York City. There's one here. Just sort of all over the place. And so she and her team approached the development company, Market Street Enterprises, about putting one somewhere in the gulch and so they sort of worked together to do that which is sort of an interesting thing to have an artist approaching development teams um, in sort of trendy areas to get their art put up like right street art has you know i mean maybe you're better to speak to that um street art has historically been pretty clandestine often illegal you know the the diehards the og um street artists you have to rack all of the paint you can't buy anything you have to you know it it all is illegal right that's what makes it real but with the murals that are coming up it's sort of taking the way that street art took a lot of its influence from advertisers um you know getting fame by putting their names on big billboards then advertisers started to take cues from street artists and there are you know in, in new york there are subway cars that would be filled with ads for one specific company, which is directly related to street artists going through the whole car, through the all city. And so now developers and advertisers are still taking a lot of the style cues and a lot of the 
ways to get fame, grassroots level fame, through art, through visibility. And so they're working together, and it's really smart. It's a good way to generate interest in your products for this artist. The, the Wings muralist has adult coloring books on her site. She has an app that, Amanda, you were telling me about. Yeah, where it'll put wings on you anywhere you are. Um, right. Sort of like a Snapchat filter, <laughs> but just an app for wings. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably even easier to gain that visibility with social media. I mean, absolutely, it sort of amplifies everything. The, the next chapter, I think, in the, the social media um, development developers Venn diagram is going to be how they can um, start to influence locals and not just tourists. And I think that's part of why people were so passionate on either side about the I Believe in Nashville mural being vandalized. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a contingent of people who are like, rad, like Absolutely. somebody's I'm screwing with this, yeah, like, like that's... this sort of like generic piece of art that's become iconic. Right. Um, and of course, there's a group of people that just don't think anything should ever be vandalized. But there is something interesting about something that sort of screams new Nashville, whether that's what the artist yeah. intended or not. Um, getting vandalized twice, um, right? In like the span of what six months, something yeah. like that. People Could you talk mad. a little bit more about the vandalization and like what happened there? Sure. So the first time, somebody just poured tar yeah. down the side <laughs> of the building, um, and I don't think they ever found out who did that, like who actually vandalized it. If I'm, I could be incorrect there, but I'm pretty sure. And then the second time, somebody like took some time and like painted over the mural um, and made it say, I believe in global warming and changed, there's a tri-star symbol um, in the middle and changed it to a, uh, a globe. And then like flipped off the security cameras and right. um, I think three people have been arrested. Is that right? Um, yeah, with uh, with either being involved or, or painting over it. Yeah. Um, and it was like a 20 year old guy who worked at a sub shop or something. But the, the building owners really quickly painted over the vandalization to sort of revandalize it as just blacked out, um, as just it's completely buffed over. And so a lot of people didn't see the I believe in global warming message. And so they thought that maybe they just the, the vandals had just blacked it out it's like as a as a way of censoring it. But they changed the, the message to I believe in global warming. Yeah. I mean, I thought. You know, I, I didn't see the, the what the I believe in global warming um, thing until after I saw the blackout part. So when I saw it, I had to admit, like, it was a little it was a little clever. Um, Absolutely. You know, and, and definitely like a lot more like what street art. Right. Would be. Right. Yeah. I mean, if the building owner is so adamant about having this specific, I believe, in Nashville mural that it's gotten them so much attention and doesn't want anyone else altering it at all, then it's not art anymore. It's just decoration. And that, to me, is the larger question. It's a, kind of a, I don't know. Yeah. Because you'll go to any wall of graffiti and, you know, you'll go there a week later and it's completely different. Right. Unless it's about, really like, good. Of street art. Yeah. Right. I mean, if unless it's really good and then there's respect there and then people won't tag over it. But if it's bad, then nobody's. And it might piss the artist off it, when they get painted over, even in street art. But yeah. Um, but that, I think that's probably just part of it, too. Right. I mean. So something I'd love to get um, both of y'all's thoughts on yeah. is what sort of constitutes um, a popular mural versus a good mural. 
Or are those the same? Are they different? Oh, man, that's a tough question. Well, popular, historically, if something is popular, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's good. It's um, um, populist art sometimes is a little bit safe, is whitewashed. It appeals to the types of people who are tourists um, in Nashville. They're on vacation. They aren't in the same mindset of people who are trying to make their lives here, raise their children here, open businesses, operate businesses here. They might think that something like wings that have guitars in them is really emblematic of Nashville where people who live here are super over guitars on everything. I mean, please, God, don't put another guitar on <laughs> something. Um, and and I think, too, like people don't um, – something's often popular because it doesn't make anybody uncomfortable. Right, it's safe. Um, it's safe. And a lot of times locals are okay with feeling uncomfortable about our history or – with depicting something that somebody from outside of the city wouldn't come to and say this is Nashville, right? But something that we know is right because is it's just it's just only natural that someone who spends a lot of time in a place is a little bit more thoughtful and has spent a little bit more sure. time thinking about the nuances and the more challenging aspects. Where someone who is less familiar with it just hasn't had that opportunity yet, and it's no of, of no fault of their own. Well, and I think there's some crossover, too. I mean, the new um, mural in the Nations, the... Um, Guido Van Helton's yeah, mural. Yeah. yeah, that one's amazing. Um, it's really awe-inspiring when you, like, come up on it. It's huge. Um, it says something about our city. I don't think that tourists would see it and particularly think, like, this is Nashville. But I'd say even if you were a tourist and you came upon it, you would be interested right. and um, probably enjoy it. Could you describe what that mural is for us? You've seen it, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen it. So it's... It's 175 feet tall. Yeah, and it's oh on an goodness. old grain building. Yeah, grain silo. Grain silo. And so it's uh, depicting a man who's lived in the nation's neighborhood mm -hmm. for... Since a, the 20s. Since the 20s. Um, and uh, on another building close to it, there is like two young children holding hands. It's the same building. It's just at another... <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm sorry. It's the same building. It's just the other side of the building. Okay, that's right. So yeah. it's like it's like a wraparound. Um, and the, so there's this tall, old white man who's standing um, looking out. Um, and it's, I mean, it's photorealistic. It's beautiful. It's just so well done. Um, and it's interesting because the Nations is one of those neighborhoods that is rapidly changing. And this man has been there since the 1920s and seen a lot, um, a lot of that change. And is uh, like the presence of him means something heavier than just I believe in Nashville. It's um, it's a little bit more complicated. It's there's this this man who's right. been here who's been able to see all of the changes and is sort of looking towards whatever is happening next. Um, can represent the old Nashville, the old community, um, and then the kids that are playing with him. Or they, they're playing, I don't know if they're interacting with each other, but they're sort of the new Nashville coming up. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that you could think about this for a little bit longer than you would think about what I believe in Nashville means. Um, it's also less just like 
um, I can pose in front of this. Right. And so I think it's like been locally popular. I mean, a lot of people, yeah, people are around here love it, it um, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not something that you could show up to take a picture in front of and people would know you're right. in the city. No right. Right. The it would take a lot of explanation. Yeah. So there's like, there, yeah, there are probably fewer hashtags of um, Guido Van Helton nations, <laughs> tall right. nations guy. Right. Um, which is a shame because it's really beautiful and people yeah. seem to pretty unanimously love that mural. Yeah. And I've I heard wish that that was. very little like criticism yeah. of it. Yeah. And sort of to wrap up, are there any other murals that you'd say are like hidden gems that people haven't found or really reflect Nashville? Oh, sure. Yeah. And North Nashville has a history of mural painting that is super fantastic, but it's much more of a residential neighborhood and people, tourists are not going to line up in front of some of them, although maybe they should. There's a, an, an artist that I spoke to with this, Jay Jenkins, who writes under, what is his name? Is it Woke 3? Is that who? I can't remember sure. what his graph name is, but he has a piece in, on Buchanan Street of a woman whose hair sort of extends back. It's like vertical or the horizontal version of the Guido Van Helton mural, where it's like her hair is this monument that goes and, and sort of it looks almost like a continent in itself. That's a really beautiful mural that is on the side of I don't even know what the building is but it's um adjacent to a vacant lot so there's always a lot of you know tall grass coming up and uh, making it into I don't know a really interesting beautiful statement about that neighborhood which is a fascinating way to start to learn about that neighborhood itself which is has a huge hugely important history well thank you guys for joining us thank you you're welcome thanks so much this was fun Today's podcast is sponsored by the Nashville Scenes Taco Week, August 21st through 27th. Enjoy Nashville's favorite tacos for just $2 all week long. For details on participating restaurants, go to tacoweek.nashvillescene.com. And a few notes. I'd like to thank Zach Gilchrist for his help in producing the intro. And I'd also like to thank Jeff the Brotherhood for our intro music. If you like the sound, check out Diamond Way from the We Are the Champions album. Finally, don't forget to pick up the Nashville Scene print edition on Thursdays, or check us out online at nashvillescene.com. You can subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And please, please, please drop us a rating, leave us a comment, let us know how we're doing. Or subscribe and make sure you don't miss a cast. Thanks for listening.